Welcome to Not Your Pastor's Pulpit, the place where ordinary people proclaim an extraordinary Jesus. Hey, today, Alex, we have Becky Castle Miller, who sent us a sermon while in the Netherlands. Going international, my friend. I know. How cool is that? And she provides us with another perspective on abuse. Yes. So we had our first uh, sermon on abuse from Ashley Easter, and now we have this one from Becky, and phenomenal my friend yeah i mean ashley kind of looked at it as jesus the abuse survivor and here becky provides us a way on how to prevent abuse by looking at the character of jesus and who he was and she provides us with some powerful pointers so without further ado preach it church must love as Jesus loves. And when we do, there is no place for abuse among us. Jesus is our model for everything in life. So let's look at how he treated people and how he taught us to treat people and how that contrasts with the way abusers treat people. Jesus is anti-abuse. The core of Jesus's ethics, his system of morality, is servanthood. It's putting himself under others to lift them up, not pressing down on them from above in a hierarchical way. Think of a military rank system. Those with a higher rank get to tell those with a lower rank what to do all the way down the chain. And a a bad military leader can take that system and make it oppressive, can use it as an excuse to bully and mistreat the people of lower rank. But Jesus said it should not be like that among us in the kingdom of God. He said in Matthew 20, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. He said, Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Another way of saying lording authority over someone is to say abuse. The basic definition of abuse is holding power and control over another person and doing whatever it takes to maintain that control. Maybe you've been in an unhealthy church where the leaders were spiritually abusive, or maybe you've been sexually assaulted. Maybe someone you're in a relationship with is destroying you with their words. All those forms of abuse involve taking power over another person. No matter who you are, what you did or didn't do, when you're abused, it's not your fault. You didn't cause it. Abuse is always the choice and the responsibility and the sin of the one who commits it, and Jesus opposes it. Like Jesus, when we are in relationship with other people, we should offer invitations. We should not manipulate people. Jesus offered open-handed invitations that people were free to accept or reject. When Jesus called disciples, he invited them to follow him, and they responded. In Luke 18, Jesus invited a rich young man to sell everything he had and follow Jesus. The man walked away sad, but the key is that Jesus let him go. He didn't threaten him or cajole him or try to convince him to stay. He just offered an invitation and he let the man choose. 
Abusers, on the other hand, use domination and superior force to get people to do what they want. They manipulate people. Jesus is not like that. Like Jesus, we should use kind words, not destructive words. Jesus told his followers not to be emotionally or verbally abusive. In Matthew 5, we can see that the students of Jesus were not to be angry or call people names or curse them. Verbal abuse includes mocking people, making fun of them, tearing them down, cursing at them, calling them names, threatening them. We should not talk to each other in those ways. We should use kind words, not destructive words like Jesus. In our interactions, we should be gentle and not harsh because Jesus treated people with empathy and gentleness. Matthew 12 quotes from Isaiah 42, Look at my servant. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. And we read this now as a prophecy fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus is gentle and kind. He doesn't use harsh words with us. We know from Romans 2 that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Jesus said in Matthew 11, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. But abusers are harsh. They try to get compliance by using power. They crush people and they snuff out the sparks of life in them. There is no rest in life with an abuser. Jesus contrasted his way with the way of some religious leaders who, he said, crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. But Jesus's creed, by contrast, is a statement that flows out of empathy and service. All that law that the religious leaders enforce with power and control, Jesus summed it up like this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So how did this teaching affect one of Jesus's own early disciples? Simon Peter, when he was walking with Jesus, sometimes he spoke and acted in anger, but Jesus's teaching changed him. In 1 Peter, Simon Peter wrote anti-abuse instructions to husbands. And I love the way Eugene Peterson puts this in the message. Be good husbands to your wives. Honor them. Delight in them. As women, they lack some of your advantages, but in the new life of God's grace, you're equals. Treat your wives then as equals, so your prayers don't run aground. So how do we apply this in our church? I've had many conversations with women who say they're having difficult times in their relationships, and as they go into detail, they describe what their partners are doing. He yelled at me until I was sobbing. He threw my cell phone against the wall and shattered it. He makes me do things when we have sex that I really don't like doing. These are all examples of abusive actions. But sometimes people are being abused and they don't realize it because their partners aren't leaving bruises on them. They think abuse is only physical violence or they think abusers are terrible all the time. They don't know that abuse takes many forms. They don't know that abusers can be the most charming people in the world. Or they think it's their fault. Or they think that being abused is normal, that that's how relationships operate. They think abuse is normal. Sometimes they do realize that they're being abused, but they don't know how to get out. They're financially trapped. They can't make it on their own. Or their abuser presents such a good public face to the world, they think no one will believe them if they speak up. If you're listening to this and you're realizing that someone in your life 
is treating you abusively, start researching and reading about abuse. Let the Holy Spirit open your eyes. I recommend Leslie Vernick's book, The Emotionally Destructive Relationship, and Lundy Bancroft's book, Why Does He Do That? Even if you think the abuse you're experiencing is not severe, go ahead and call a local domestic violence shelter or organization. They'll believe you and support you and get you the practical help that you need. If you're recognizing that you've treated someone in your life abusively, Jesus is calling you to repent. One way you can walk out that repentance is by willingly submitting yourself to a specialized abuser's intervention program or a batterer's intervention program. Overcoming that entitlement to power and control takes a very long time and a lot of very hard work. In the process, set those you're hurting free to build a life away from your abuse. Get healthy for the sake of your own right relationship with God, not to get back together with your victim again. If you've not experienced abuse yourself, keep your eyes open to notice possible abuse victims around you. Be a safe source of God's healing and comfort to hurting people. When someone tells you about their experiences and you, you think they might be a victim of abuse, listen believe them, remind them that Jesus condemns the choices their abusers are making. If you're a church leader, make your church a safe place for survivors. That is what Jesus would do. Jesus is our example, and he is a servant. Jesus invites us and welcomes us. Jesus is kind, and he's gentle. Let's love like Jesus loves. like to share a sermon or story about Jesus on Not Your Pastor's Pulpit, you can do so by following three simple guidelines. Keep it short, keep it Jesus, and love others. If you would like to learn more about our submission process, please go to notyourpastorspodcast.com backslash pulpit or listen to episode 26. Until next week, go in peace, my friends. Peace.